This episode of the Good and the Bad and the Geeky podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Audible.com, over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It'll cause you not to eat your vegetables, and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated, and News Liberty has endorsed any aspect of the show. Hey everyone, welcome out to episode 160 of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky right here on TalkSuperStation.com. Uh, being released the week of February 21st, 2012. Um, that is the keyword they're released. I'm your host with the most, Nick Nitro, and we're back from our holiday hiatus. For those of you who were not aware, um, we do every year, we enter our, our uh, normal season, I guess you could say, with the Christmas episode. And we take a bit of a holiday break. And uh, this time during our holiday break, we had another podcast series called GBG Presents. Um, and this is the part of the normal podcast where I'm going to horse some shit out here. But uh, if you'd like to see what you've missed in terms of this great content to, to was put out during our holiday break, make sure to check out iTunes, keyword GBT Presents, or Good Bad Geeky Presents. And there you'll find the first season of shows for the GBT Presents podcast series, uh, featuring shows such as John and I discussing my gastric bypass surgery experience in The Last Supper, I see what happens when you take a girl and uh, subject her to Futurama and the Good That News Everyone podcast. And finally, our own DJ Meet with the help of Riggs, who you might know as Ing, the infamous new girl from our own podcast. Uh, those two discuss everything and anything, such as all things yearn to women with crusty nipples in the No Name Show. Again, those three shows, GBG Presents and iTunes keyword GBG Presents or Good Bag Geeky Presents in iTunes. Just go to gbgpodcast.com, download those episodes or previous GBG episodes, and allow us to soothe your ear holes. Okay, yeah, with a bit of whoring uh, out of the way, you know, like any good person, uh, we're doing something a little different. Uh, as you notice, I didn't go with the usual, and as always with me, is John Bettine, GJ Meatline. And that's because, you know, after working really hard on G- on the GBG Presents series, even though a lot of it's pre-recorded, some of it's, uh, they came in and did some last-minute stuff, and they're also help working on some really cool stuff for you guys so uh, they're taking the week off, uh, and I did. They are taking it off. They didn't ask for it. Um, they they took it. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, so helping us out via phone, we have, and I think I can officially say he is a friend of the show. Helping us out as Without co-host. What's that? Without a doubt, a friend of the show. Hell yeah, man! Uh, you're acting as co-host of the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky. We have the guy who, when he was eight, created Mash, and uh, <laughs> you might know him better as the co-creator of Spin City and. Co-creator of Cougar Town, the lover of the film If It Existed, Glenn Barry, Glenn Ross, Mr. Fish's Foreclosures himself, Bill Lawrence. Hey, how you doing, man? It's good to, uh, it's good to talk to you again uh, somewhere other than Twitter. Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. But thank you, as always, very much for doing the show. And, um, man, uh, you you are off. This is the year of Bill Lawrence, uh, I would say, collectively. And I, I, Oh, by the way, I had no idea. It's very exciting. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I mean... Uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to actually talk to you about uh, this, in this episode was everything that's been going down because Cougar Town's returning. Well, as a matter of fact, by the time this airs, because uh, this is uh, recorded Groundhog Day, but this will air go out February 21st, um, Ground, Cougar Town's already on the air. 
uh, which is Tuesdays after Last Man Standing on ABC at 8.30 p.m. So check it out. And for those who have DVR, I don't care. I don't want an excuse for this. Turn on ABC, let it stay on, and let your DVR work. It will give Cougar Town the rings, and you can still watch it on DVR. See? And uh, any, if there's a Nielsen family that is going to watch the show, I'll, uh, I'll mail them 500 bucks in a set of snow tires. Gladly. <laughs> there you go. Right yeah. there. That, that right there. I don't, know if I don't know if you're legally allowed to bribe Nielsen families, but uh, I'm doing it. <laughs> You're doing a lot of things that you probably shouldn't be doing. <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, the reason why I say it's the, the year of, of you, though, is because uh, not only is Cougar Town on season three, um, you're doing Cougar Town viewing parties. Um, you're, you have uh, – Doozer Productions is, like, kicking – he's just tearing it up, uh, at least as per deadline. You, know, you have three shows in development. You have Like Father, which is your own show. You have a show you co-created with Jason Belleville, uh, co-creator of Almost Heroes, which I've never seen, but it's a firefighter comedy. Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, you know I'm, I'm, uh, the the one at Fox has picked up and we're shooting it. Um, the one at CBS I was doing with uh, Greg Malins, we're not doing it, which is a drag because we really like the script. Oh, and, wow. uh, they sure didn't. <laughs> and the uh, oh, man. Uh, the fireman one with Jason Belleville, I'm uh, uh, I'm uh, still waiting to uh, hear about. So my fingers are crossed. Oh wow! Okay, well, okay, but I mean, still, that's it's so pretty epic that you had three shows that were all looked into consideration for. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's still like uh, 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 I'll still see. Maybe it's not the year of Bill. Maybe it's just the, the two weeks of Bill Lawrence. The two weeks, of counts, Bill. right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but I would say, I mean, this stuff has been percolating for a while. I mean, uh, Jeff Engold, uh, who used to be the, uh, I think, the development exec at NBC when you were at Scrubs, is now. Yeah, he was, the, he was the head of comedy there for a bunch of years too. Yeah, he he is uh, now your developing producer or executive producer. He is, yeah, he's uh, he's like the president. We get, you know we got a TV company here, and we employ a lot of people and try to get a lot of projects done. And he runs the company mostly, mostly because he's a really talented dude that. Uh, uh, um, I also happen to be friends with, but also because he's much better uh, television and entertainment than I am. I, you know, I, not only do I not understand it, but I have no patience for it, and I I'm usually just end up getting myself in trouble. Right, which, um, yeah. So, uh, well, that's why I'm saying I think uh, I, I think it fascinates me, too, is that, like, when you did Spin C, that's the first time I noticed that the Doozer logo would, would appear. And technically, you know, how did that really? I guess how does that work when you go from a writer to co-creating a show? Do you is that do you just put a name out there in a title card? Well, you know what it is. It's um, I think that when you um, create when you finally create a show or co-create it or whatever, you know, for uh, you incorporate usually for um, not only tax reasons, but you know, I think on, on some level you're hoping to brand things, you know, as. Uh, you know, a production by you and, 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 uh, you know, by extension, the people you work with at your company, that it's, you know, it's going to be a show that people like to watch. I mean, I think people remember Sit Ubu Sit, you know, which is, uh, oh God, yeah. um, Gary, uh, Goldberg. And, uh, um, um, I think they remember MTM, you know, the Mary Tyler Moore show. And, What's uh, the one with the one dude uh, who typed and he ripped up the piece of paper from the typewriter and it spinned around. He passed away this last year. Has the, yeah, yeah. Stephen uh, Cannell. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Remington Steel. Yeah, uh, I love this. <laughs> you know, it's so funny you said Remington Steel. Steppenwall just posted a link of, of promos from the '80s uh, for NBC, and one of them was uh, uh, "Join them, join us on ABCs" or something. Take it back or something like that. It was absolutely a horrible ad, but it was—I mean, it was funny. But for the time, oh my god, it just does not translate well to today. <laughs> 
But yeah, none of that stuff holds up all that well, even though I remember it all fondly. You know? Oh no, yeah, exactly. The the joy of nostalgia. Uh, but well, I, I guess that's why I would say that you know, to me, I guess when you did Spin City, how many people did you on? I, I mean, just as Doozer Productions, how many people did you employ? If you don't mind me asking. No, TV show, you know, is about a hundred and probably about a hundred and four, hundred five. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, but ultimately. Even though you list yourself as the employer, you're in the, the, the great, you know, you're in the great world of uh, uh, not paying their salaries. You know, your parent company pays everything, uh, even though you hire and fire people. Um, so, yeah, so now, I mean, nowadays, and I'm actually, uh, 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 it's still not a big company, you know. We, uh, it's uh, me and uh, Jeff Ingold and uh, Randall Winston, who produces all my projects, who is, uh, and also plays Leonard, the hook-handed security guard on Scrubs. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and we got, like, uh, three young people that work the offices and, as assistants and, and kind of development people. They read stuff, but that's about it. Otherwise, you know, that's the only people that we can pay out of our company's pocket. Definitely. You know, and everybody else is... Uh, uh, generally, whatever show you're on, they're they're you know paid by the the parent company. Right. Well, I guess that because that's always fascinated me is that you know um, you know you did Spin City um, and I I, I'm not, I real the way I understand it from I think I heard when you did the WGA uh, Writers Guild Association for those who don't know uh, you did like a UStream thing um, for people who couldn't make it to the actual like a talk and I I oh uh, yeah yeah I saw that and you, you, the way you sort of spoke about Spin City which is is te- technically was. You know, someone helped you co-create the show, and I, the name escapes me right now, which is horrible. But um, Gary Goldberg, yeah, and Goldberg, I co-created it. Yeah, but you pretty much ran the show. Gary left after uh, one well, season. You know what? I, I uh, um, Gary actually taught me how to be a showrunner. You know, I was only twenty-six, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he had created Family Ties and Brooklyn Bridge, among thousands of other things. Oh God! And it was like going to showrunning camp. You know, which was. Uh, um, that's a horrible name for me to forget. Then, I mean, the God damn, the guy who created Family Ties. Yeah, right. Come on. I, I know. Yeah, and uh, 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 and Brooklyn Bridge. I've won a bunch of Emmys and stuff. And uh, he, um, um, you know, basically taught me how to run a writers' room, taught me how to edit, taught me how to direct, taught me how to talk to actors. And uh, <clears throat> you know, he did it on this show. You know, we created it together, and, and he spent the first year really teaching me how to do that. And uh, and uh, you know, towards the end of the first year, he was. Uh, um, not gone. He was always there and helpful. But you know, Gary lived in L.A. and he had uh, uh, you know his family lived in L.A. And, and we were shooting in New York, so you know he was trying to as as his um, uh, you know his right at that stage of his career with a guy that was that successful to find somebody that you know he could come in for a couple of days a week and help, and that I could keep the show moving forward. And uh, and it worked, you know. And by the second year, um, you know, Gary was uh, uh, back in L.A. full time, and I I ran the show. Right. Well, and I guess that's why it's fascinating to me is because, you know, uh, and, and you sort of did mention this. It's frustrating and you don't really you don't want to even want to try to understand, which is um, I, I'm not to that point yet. But sometimes I have to do you have to put like a business hat on for just a second and look at things business wise. And it's really frustrating. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think what you're talking about is as a comedy writer, generally most of us got into the job because we like to sit around and write jokes. You know, and uh, um, the idea of writing stuff that makes people crack up is about as far as our ambition would possibly take us. And uh, the thing is, if you get lucky enough to be successful, um, you uh, end up 
getting further and further away from getting to do that all the time and further and further into hiring and firing and show budgets, you know, and uh, uh, how you, I mean, there's some fun stuff like editing and, you know, adding music and post-production and, but, you know, as far as like, you know, the budgeting of stuff and, and uh, boarding shows, it couldn't be uh, more painstakingly boring and not what you signed up for. Right. It also answers the question, um, I think so often people say to TV writers, why don't you go do movies? Yeah. As if movies well, I, I did that to you the lot, first interview. You know? yeah. And uh, the coolest thing about being a showrunner is everything that every movie writer wishes, you know, when you write a movie, you hand it over to somebody, unless you're Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg or Steven Soderbergh or, you know, uh, someone equally as big. You just hope they don't fuck it up. And in TV, if you get to be a showrunner, um, you uh, are the head writer. You're the director when you want to be. If not, you boss the directors around. You have final cut. You pick all the music, and you have final sand casting, and you actually set and, and uh, uh, decide how to spend the money, the budget. And so there's no better gig. Right. Um, well, I guess that's why I was really bringing it up is because I, I'm more fascinated that um, – and, and that's why I did say it was you know your years. Even if the show doesn't make it to air, it's you've been very successful in taking this little company, which is technically you, the parent company, paying – everybody else for you and at least having a few set of employees and getting people other jobs even if it's just for a pilot or whatever stuff and i, I just find that very fascinating you know well it's uh, it's fun because like you know i hope i didn't sound cavalier when i said look i got i got three shows you know i did three pilots and one got picked up which i'm super excited about and that's at fox and then one didn't as a drag and then one is right now coin flip you know uh and i'm you know why I had to take a phone call before because I'm no, literally yeah, waiting yeah. with bated breath, hoping to get it done. Uh, I'm super passionate about these things, but as far as what you're saying goes, yeah, everybody, 90% of the people in this industry work hand to mouth. Definitely. Okay, for every hit TV show that's on for six years, seven years, that the whole crew and writers and cast get to stay on that show. There's uh, a billion other talented writers, uh, actors, and crew people that go, hey, cool, I just got a pilot. That'll get me enough money to, to get through the next three months. And then, cool, after that, I got a show. Oh, no, it got canceled after seven episodes. Uh, cool, after that, I got a movie rewrite. That'll keep me going for another three months. So, yeah, anytime you can generate work, especially you know, for the other people that you not only think are talented but you like and support, it's um, uh, a good thing. Right, and, you know... Uh, I'm a big supporter uh, of, of your work because, again, I, I, I find it very relatable, um, and I enjoy it. Oh, thanks, man. No, you not- feel I'm speaking directly to you, don't you, Nick? It's not, I mean, it's not like a crazy relatable thing. Like, you don't think I'm talking to you through the TV or anything, dude? No, 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 not like that. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I, I, I imagine Bill Lawrence coming on the screen and just going, Hello, Nick, how are you doing? You know, this is only funny to us. <laughs> I know, right? I know. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn. Uh but no, I I I find it just very uh I find most of your stuff is very relatable. Like I always find one character really relate to or really latch on to like when Cougar and again, which by the way, thank you very much. Uh I don't do examiner full time. I don't do the reuse full time and we don't have an editor so I'm dyslexic too so it gets really bad what sometimes and you pass your <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, it's really horrible is that I'll re I have to have a system for when I do my reviews. Um, yeah. You read my review to myself, and of course, you, there's no problem with it. Read it out loud. Oh shit! And then I have to, and still, I'll still fuck up something. But you passed my review to Cougar Town on to, to your wife, and she said, uh, you're, me, uh, "You're good. Uh, you're a good writer, dude." Well, thanks. I, I appreciate that. Um, but no, I thought it was very kind, Chris. And again, I, I, 
a lot of people, uh, I'm not saying this to get backhanded, but because uh, even you, I think, sort of acknowledged that the show wasn't really founding itself, finding itself yet in Cougar Town Season 1. Yeah, and, I agree. And uh, Ian Gomez was part of it, but I would say your wife, Krista, and Brian Van Holt were the two characters I latched onto because every moment they were on, I, I absolutely adored it. And, uh, and, and then eventually you guys found a way to make that cover everybody, from Grayson to Jules and... and, and I think Tom. I love Tom. He's awesome. I love that guy in real life too, man. He's so funny. He's a dude that if uh, if we keep going on past this year, which I'm really hopeful uh, about, um, uh, we'll probably try to make him a regular. You know, oh, I mean, right. he'll still have the same role, but I just like that actor so much. He makes me laugh. You know? Oh yeah, Nick, you may be one of the only people that's actually watched this show start till now because the the, the problem for me has been that there's a lot of people that watched some of the first five or six episodes and, and decided it wasn't for them. Yeah. And then most of our fans now came to it late, you know, and then decided it was for them because it was a different show. You know, uh, I'm very grateful that you actually uh, are one of the people that's gone start to finish line, man. Well, thank Well, I, I think the thing is, is that when I started doing The Examiner, even back then when I was, when Cougar Town started, I wasn't doing it like as, as I am now, which is like I try to do at least one, two reviews every week. It was whenever I could. And uh, I love Scrubs. So I was like, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to stick with it. Because every show that has problems is going to find itself. It has to, um, in its own way. And some, you know, sometimes it hits off right out of the gate. Other times it takes a bit. And your show took a little bit, but you guys found it. And now, again, it's critically loved. I, I don't know any critic who doesn't really. I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll say there is, is but because you you guys check that. But I, I mean, all the big ones that I think matter, like Osiello, uh, Seppenwald, McGee, Mo Ryan. We all love Cougar Town. Well, I'm so grateful. You know, one of the cool things. Um one of the cool things about the fact that network TV is, um, you know, coming down to the level of cable TV, I'm going to come back around to what we were just talking about, I swear, sure. the, uh, is uh, um, that as the ratings get smaller and smaller for what it means to be a hit, yes, there's still some giant hits that um, no one can explain and that just get to print money and uh, it doesn't matter what the critics think, but sometimes now, the difference between a show that you know does numbers like ours in the mid twos, you know, uh, surviving and not surviving, are uh, a loyal little fan base who will follow it from place to place, <clears throat> and more importantly, too, uh, uh, a bunch of TV writers that embrace it and champion it because they, in turn, feed that loyal fan base more and more content, you know, in the discussion of it and the ability to kind of. Uh, share thoughts and feelings about it and stuff, and it's really a reciprocal relationship. So I, I, I kind of, you know, I feel very lucky that we've been embraced by uh, a lot of you guys and girls because uh, I feel like it's one of the things that's keeping the show alive. Well, I, I, I think that's, I think you bring up a very good point, and, uh, and I, I also enjoy that because, you know, I, we talked about this, I think, the first time we talked, which is like when, uh, you know, when movies and TV shows in general do that, it's very awesome. But, and usually it's mostly the creators of the show um, who are God of the universes? You and Kevin are God of Cougar Town. You know, you will it to happen, so to speak. Um, and then the actors bring it to life with the crew. Um, oh, I'm going to steal that, by the way, but only the part that I'm a god. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> okay, we got to share with say, Hey, Nick, this guy I was talking to today, he pretty much confirmed it that I'm a god. Yeah. I'm going to try saying that to my wife and see how it flows. Oh, I think I think Krista will really appreciate that. Uh, make yeah, sure yeah. you do that right after she does the whole uh, tucking in the kids thing, and uh, that will really work in well with her. <laughs> Oh, it's going to go great. Oh, yeah, it's going to go fantastic. Uh, but, uh, I, I, well, I think 
and I guess uh, I was actually a little bummed to see that you were you were a little bummed earlier in the week on you because on Twitter you know you're way more uh, more of a presence on Twitter than I am so obviously people pay and you were just like you know um, I just things I, is this all worth it I guess and uh, and well, you know what happened man is that uh, is that when the what the, we're doing what we're doing right now while doing our jobs yeah uh, and by the way I have the greatest job in the world so I oh, can't complain and saying anybody saying that's listening can reach through my phone and uh, choke me if they want. Um, but um, doing, um, you know, all these kind of uh, guerrilla promotion tactics and flying around the country oh, yeah. <clears throat> and throwing parties for people. By the way, absolute blast. It is exhausting and uh, more and it's ex- expensive you know, <laughs> to be oh, flying yeah. around and opening up bars for people, you know, uh, on our own tab because it's not ABC doing it, you know. Right. And uh, um, the one thing I've noticed is when I get bummed out, I still never met a Nielsen family in my life, uh, and I still don't know people that watch the shows that the Nielsen say everybody in the world watches. Right. So it's, uh, uh, and by the way, it, it's certainly it's because of my sensibility, and, and everybody's, you know, everybody has different ones, you know, but uh, uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's tough because you go, Wow, we're doing this a lot, and people are so nice, and it's so rewarding, and I'm glad to do this for all these guys and and to thank them. On the other hand, you know that's uh, uh, five different states, you know, a few thousand people still haven't met a Nielsen family, and still haven't met somebody that's one of the, you know, 27 billion people that watches uh, Two and a Half Men. Uh, oh every God, week. yeah, I, mm, I, you know, I I love Big Bang Theory, and I've been a supporter of that show, and. I'm glad. I really like that. Bro, I really like Big Bang Theory. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I'm so I'm so happy that it's actually successful. But it's also frustrating. Where matter of fact, when I did a review for Chuck, I love Chuck. Uh, even though there might be some plot holes uh, sometimes, but beyond that, the show does what it does. And they both premiered the same night. And Big Bang Theory is now a huge hit. And Chuck, it finally, it, it's it's off the air. Um, granted, yeah. it got to write its last season, but you know, so that's what yeah, I'm saying. Chuck had a good run, man. You know, but you're right. It's like, don't you wonder? I wonder two things. One, uh, does that mean that you know, I, I'm that different sensibility-wise than everybody else. Or two, does it mean that more people than you really think, than the Nielsen's think, anyways, are still watching Chuck? Well, uh, that's the thing. I, I don't know. I just need to put it this way: my Facebook exploded, and I, I you know I'm not seeing this as a braggart thing because I don't really talk to everybody. But I have like over 400 friends on Facebook. I don't talk to them, but you know, I read the walls because you know I'm nosy, and. Uh, everyone started exploding, and people I, I knew for a fact probably haven't watched the show in years. Uh, they watched it on DVD or, or Netflix if it would be on Netflix, uh, normal or streaming. They just like, oh my god, the Chuck finale, Chuck finale, Chuck finale. Same thing with other shows. They, they that you know they're ending or having finale. They always explode, and you're just like, why don't you people watch when the show's on? I, it just drives me crazy. I don't, I don't know. I don't get TV viewers in general. I mean, well, part I, of it could be that they do. That's true because. Um well, it's an interesting question. Have you ever met a Nielsen family? No, I haven't. I had a friend who said they knew someone who was a Nielsen family, but that meant shit to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, here's what I mean. It's to me, you're also, on some level, um, you're also saying, like, that means that somebody, that someone randomly came up to and said, hey, we'd like to put an annoying box system into your house and, um, you know, uh, and, uh, uh, monitor everything that you watch, and you have to keep a journal of stuff that you watch or you used to, anyways. And uh, in exchange, we're going to give you twenty bucks a month. Uh, you know, 
I'm not sure I'd say yes, even yeah. if I didn't work, even if I, uh, if I didn't work in the TV industry, you know, I'd be like, yeah, it sounds like a trap. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, you know, I don't know who's, and it's really weird because there's such a monopoly, it still really decides the fate of so many TV shows. Well, you know, in, in a similar way, I know it's not the same exact thing, but um, there was a documentary about the MPAA. Um, if I'm saying that right, the Motion Picture Association, uh, mm-hmm. about how they grade films. And uh, I remember a lot of people were just going out about it, and they did a documentary about it, where how it's not fair, uh, how in, in, it's not just independent films versus studio films, but like, uh, you know, just in general, how it, their grades never really match up. There's no consistency. You know, there's some tit and some boobs and some, and some fuck, you know, going on. Uh, not fuck as an actual fucking, sorry. Uh, the actual cuss word. They're saying fuck more than once. Oh, sure. And it, it gets, it doesn't get a rated R. It just gets PG 13 or, you know what I mean? Or, and then the next I film. Did, I, I saw that. I really, uh, I really liked it. I mean, it was, well, it, you know, it was it, a little scandalous, but I liked it. Yeah, well, why doesn't I, someone should do that with Nielsen uh, in a way, because again, it, it, it's almost well, like that. This is what's annoying is that the technology is out there. Okay. And yeah. there are more DVRs, which by the way, they can look at and see what people watch. Uh, you know, uh, uh, with no problems, the computer. There are more of them in households than Nielsen boxes right now. That's just not. Then why doesn't advertisers socioeconomic that? breakdown? You know, of our country because DVRs, <clears throat> right or wrong, are owned mostly by higher income households. You know, or uh, you know, uh, you know, and, and not just a giant sample of the, the country. But what it does tell you is that technology is out there and it would be easy to have a much more accurate, accurate representation. Exactly. But Nielsen's got a uh, monopoly. They don't need to do it. Well, I, I, guess, I think that's what's more frustrating about it is that – and also, again, we discussed this very lightly too, which is advertise. why doesn't – I mean they do now, but why don't they include DVR numbers? Because you know, I, I work 1 to 10 p.m. on my normal 9 to 5 gig. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I literally I, – I do that with your show, uh, Chuck, Fringe, Big Bang. I turn the network on the station I want to get the ratings for, for that show, and I leave it on, so that way it registers it, I guess, I would assume. And granted, I'm not Nielsen, but you know. Mm-hmm. And then I also I DVR it so then I can watch when I get home, because if not, I, I wouldn't watch anything. And it would be frustrating, because I like good stories, and television has a lot of those. So, yeah. I, it, I don't know, it fucking frustrates me. It's fascinating, because, um, well, you know, it, I, I just ultimately feel that, that I, I would love to know the answer if our country is really that different in sensibility. You know, I'll take a slam at myself, so uh, it doesn't sound like I'm just, because I think the, the hard part of talking about this, Nick, is you always, if you have a low-rated show, yeah. um, you uh, you always sound like you're someone that's saying, more people watch this than they say, and you're bitching and moaning. Well, and, and, no, so, it, yeah, well, better, I am a fanboy. Be, <laughs> I love Spin City. And the Nielsen ratings said it was a monster hit, and that quazillions of people watched it. Um, and it was, um, uh, you know, but I, I and the Nielsen said that Scrubs was a moderate success, and not a lot of people watched it. Right. And as a person that can just tell you that he created both shows, I have met one thousand times more people than love Scrubs than I did that love Spin City. Right. So to me, those two things were flip flops. So yeah. I'm saying I think Scrubs was a lot more well-known, which is self-aggrandizing. But I'm <laughs> also fine. saying You're Spin fine. City was not as big a juggernaut as they said, which uh, uh, is uh, uh, taking shots at myself. No, well, I, well, it's a win-win, though, for you, if you think about it. Oh, no, either way, I look self-deprecating. No, there, there, well, there you go. And there's nothing wrong with self-deprecation because know thyself. That's what I always say. Um well, that's my excuse for it, at least. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, well, I mean, do you ask, uh, or do you, uh, 
BBC and and and, and uh, UK they run the government runs the the networks. Do you feel that sometimes you wish maybe there was someone just running the whole show in that mm, regard? Look, compared there's to no Shangri La of how to. Uh, oh, of course. You know what the system should be for for a Hollywood. I'm playing coulda, um, shoulda, woulda with you. Ultimately, as yeah. Well. Everybody <laughs> always complains. I think that the you know the only thing that people often complain about is. Uh, uh, that ultimately the the people that get to decide what's good and what's not aren't necessarily, you know, creators or artists themselves. But mm-hmm. I think that that's part of uh, the capitalistic system. You know, I think right. that we're we're dealing with it. And for every executive or situation someone complains about, there's someone out there that's actually great and has a love for television and a love for the stuff. Well, I, I think part of and, and you did mention, which is you know, I'm where some of us are, are bitching about shows that. Everyone, we think everyone's watches, but you know, it's not being counted. And that's just some of our just general fanboy instinct, I guess, of some of those shows. But also, it's our natural need, which I'm sure you now, being everyone's on Twitter in the show, with officially Courtney Cox. Um, yeah, by the way, and it's just at Courtney Cox, and it's uh, not, yeah, she's, not by the way, she's a little overwhelmed by it. So if you want to see it, I would get on soon because uh, <laughs> she's doing it herself. And then she feels like an obligation to answer everybody. Oh, uh, so I don't know how long she's going to last. Yeah, I she she just can't do that. And you know, Craig Ferguson uh, said something funny once, which is, uh, uh, if you if I get one bad comment, I just don't want to deal with it, and so I just block them. <laughs> and I'm like, that's actually pretty good. Uh, you like some snark though, don't you? And, well, by the way, I, uh, I don't like it. Well, I don't yeah. care. Do you okay. know what I mean? Uh, I would, uh, uh, you know. Um, if someone's getting really mean or something, I'll uh, I'll I'll uh, block them or unfollow them. Or, I mean, block them eventually. But to me, that you know, the one thing I really have always enjoyed confronting. The only thing I hate about the internet is its anonymity. Yes, and that you can say whatever the fuck you want and uh, be snarky and be more important. I love snark, but if you're going to be mean snarky, you better be funny and you better not just be mean. You know, I mean, it right. better be a good laugh. Um, because if it's not, I like approaching those people and uh, talking to them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also, you know, one of the other things that Kevin Beagle and I do, uh, if you uh, if you ever want to check it out, you know, there's a, a real kind of Hollywood Bible site out here, you know, Deadline Hollywood. Yes, um, you think in, in company. Whenever we uh, whenever we go on there, we go on under our real names because there's so many people on there under TV writer, you know, writer guy, actor, director, star. Yes, you know, and uh, um, and they say things like, "Well, I know this for a fact that this isn't," you know, so. Um, Kevin and I decided this year that, you know, we'll occasionally go on and answer stuff and, uh, oh, wow. uh, uh, and just doing our own names, you know? And, uh, I think some other actor that was on there actually joined us and said he thought that was funny, but, uh, <laughs> uh it, it started because, uh, uh, some person on, there's some article about ICM and I'm best friends with my agent. It's a guy named Ted Chervin. I've known him, you know, as his first client. Yeah. There's some stuff going on at the agency and there's someone that was like, uh, you know, uh, 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 whatever, Hollywood guy, writer guy, 10%er said, look, not only is this whole thing falling apart, but I know for a fact, you know, that Bill Lawrence is considering, uh, leaving Ted Chervin too. So I I just said, uh, uh, so yeah, I just wrote, actually I'm not, you know, this is Bill Lawrence. I'm not, um, it's so lame that people under the, you know, the, the blanket of anonymity can just say whatever they want, even though it's a blatant lie. Jesus. You absolute uninformed tool loser. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it was, I don't know, well, she's the most powerful, supposedly the most powerful po- woman in, in Hollywood. Uh, but Nikki Fink, you don't see her. No one knows who she really is anyway. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. So, like. Yeah, I mean, you, you do. She's, look, she's a great businesswoman. She well, built a. Uh, um, an empire. 
she overnight built an empire that you know essentially eliminated the importance of the trades. You know, it's yeah. pretty impressive. It, it is. I, I was just I, I don't know. I was just trying to lessen the blow there, I guess, because if it was because she does sometimes she does a thing where she reports it, it might not be true. Or and then if it is, she goes back and is like, "I told you." That's her. Big, I don't know. Told you. T o l d j a. Yeah. Told you. Yeah, with a giant, yeah, it's giant black bold right there in your face. Uh, maybe yeah, Ariel. I think I'm, gonna write, I'm only going to write "told you" um, 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 uh, that way from now on in, on Twitter and in my emails. There you go. Matter of fact, that's 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 how you should end every. Uh, and every email, like, sign up. Told ya. Told ya. By the way, just to end emails with told you, even when you haven't told anybody something, <laughs> that's a fantastic thing, because I think that most people, if they're nice human beings, would then obsess about what it was that what you, you told t- them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, almost yeah. like, it's almost like your response is so is your face, which I use yeah, that to exactly. people. Yeah, exactly. And they don't know what to my mom. Like. Yeah, mom, totally. We're going to go to the East Coast with the kids around Christmas, and then uh, we'll see you then. Told you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel, I feel like Bill must have told me something. I, I just don't I know. I just don't know what it is. Was it that he, the fact that he just told me that? Or is I it something else? I don't know what it is that he told me. Yeah, see, that's that right there, that's clever. See? Right there. Good ideas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, well, man, you're, you're now with Warner Brothers TV, right? Yeah. Of Doozer Productions. And then... Um, it, how did, okay, being that you're so busy, how how are you finding the time? I mean, did you? And I, I mean this very sincerely. And this is why I'm, I told you, uh, dude, we're going to have a pep talk because I'm not gone. I'm building up to it. But uh, right. uh, you had, I mean, even if it didn't get picked up, you still had to take time to work on the script with Greg, uh, Jason, and then you have your own show, like Fa- like Father on Fox, and you have the viewing parties. You're orchestrating all this 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 this, this storm of shit of all and awesomeness. I have three kids, Nick. Yeah, no, I understand, right? And you have a wife. You have you three have a, kids that I haven't seen. No, I'm joking. Well, I, I, that's what I'm saying, and I I, I gotta understand. It's gotta be really frustrating. How how do you do that, especially when you're handling the writers? Now I know Kevin. You're also sort of I'm su- I'm assuming you're grooming Kevin so you can work on other shows, and then he takes over purely in season four. Uh, yeah, I certainly hope so. But I mean, the, you know, the, there's no possible way with um, uh, my wife on this show that I don't forever remain a creative part of this show. It'd just well, be uh, yeah. um, um, uh, too much of a high risk situation for me personally. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because a lot. Of, for those who don't know, a lot of stories of Scrubs is one day uh, Chris had just rolled over to to, to you and just said, "I want to be on Scrubs," and you're like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> And, and then you wrote her in, and then she's like, I want to stay on scraps. Oh, okay, sure. Then you wrote her in full time. So, you know, uh, yeah. So yeah, I, there's no, there's no, hey, see you around. I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to um, look in on this show anymore. Nah. That and by the way, I'm, I'm too, I dig this show too much. I'm very passionate. Well, no, I didn't yeah, mean I that it. you're just going to let, let it go off by it. I'm just saying, in terms of from day to day operations, you, you would, I would assume, mostly be away from office or something to that. Yeah, point. I mean, yeah. You, and you also have to see, uh, um, Things like, you know, part of the things of having a company are, one, does do any of the other shows go on the air? And uh, two, if they do go on the air, am I allowed to do them here so that, you know, I have both my shows in one spot? Right. And uh, so I guess in that regard, I, what, what's Greg doing now? Uh, wasn't he, like, doing How I Met Your Mother? 
Yeah, he was for a long time, but right now he's, an, uh, I believe, an executive producer or a consulting producer on Two Broke Girls. Oh, Two Broke Girls. So he's doing that. You're doing Cougar Town. You're getting all these. You're doing, you know, all these other. Shows. You're doing your own show. How are it's you? A couple months, though. You know, it's like uh, I mean, you've had these waves when you know going in that you're just going to give it your best for like uh, sure. three months, and it's a, it's a crazy three months that I. <clears throat> I always feel like I'm uh, worried if I sound like I'm complaining because I have a fun job, man. I, I get to oh, do stuff no. I really oh, yeah. enjoy doing. But for three months, I work from six in the morning until uh, midnight. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, um, and you know, on Saturdays and Sundays, coach kids sports, and then after they go to bed, still uh, still work. You know, and uh, I'll just uh, um, I'll be doing that for a while. But uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Know, and, well, uh, and yeah. Work. Well, I, I guess I'm more intrigued about uh, you. Uh, I mean, with Kevin, it's really simple. You, you have a writer's room, but and even when you were, I think, working on Cougar Towns, Scrubs was you know starting to end up, and Kev was still in the writer's room. So he would, I'm sure, you would work on that. You know, I mean, in between stuff. But with Greg, when he's doing his own show, and I'm sure Belleville's doing his own stuff too. How do you find time? Do you write stuff and then send it to him, and then he sends it back to you? How does the creative process? He came work? from uh, he came from Canada and hung out here. You know, and we uh, we worked our asses off on the script on uh, and you know we found him an empty desk here, and then he was working, and then when he had window, when I had little windows, we'd sit down and just slam the script out. Wow, I, well, I'm always intrigued by people's creative process, um, it, no matter what what type of art form. Like, uh, uh, I'm a big Ninja Turtle fan. The original comic book, uh, they would one would draw the page and then hand it to the other one and go, I like that, and they would try to match the style of the other artist and write the whole thing at the same time and go back and forth, back and forth. And some screenwriters, they sit in a room and they just work and work and work. Other times, I've heard screenwriters uh, will do a whole draft of the script, send it to the other writer, then they go through and just you know do their own draft of the script. And you know, what I mean, it's very it, it changes from person. That's why I was more sort of intrigued by that. But that's awesome. Belleville was actually there in the offices, and you would just yeah, because you know, and also it's you know, I was supervising him, and so part of the fun of that was. Um, um, uh, Part of the fun of that was uh, he was able to you know write a quick draft after we did the outline together, and then I got to sit down with him and rewrite almost like I would if we were on the same writers' room together with him, and um, um, uh, it was a, just a really fun process. But it wouldn't have worked if he wasn't here. So uh, it's something else I, I've caught on, and because uh, again I really try to uh, last few times I've only had like one or three questions sort of prepared, but I've sort of tried to prep everything this time. Um, wow, I'm impressed. Well, thank you. But again, I didn't know <laughs> Goldman's name. What the fuck? I like, you know? I like you when you wing it too, though, man. But it's going well, I think. Uh, well, thank you, thank you. Uh, one of the things I, I've I think you said in Fitzdog Radio, uh, you you said that you really like taking people under your wing. Uh, which I yeah. find, which I find very fascinating. And when we spoke to, I don't think you know him personally. Like you know, you're chumming with him, uh, Matt Nix, the guy who created Burn Notice. And yeah, by the way, I know uh, I know him a little bit from he was actually uh, in this showrunners training program that I yep. uh, I used to teach. I, I still teach at. I just wasn't able to this year because I was too busy. Right. Well, uh, he uh, when we interviewed him on the show, uh, he had nothing but great things to say. Because I just said, uh, well, we've. We had Bill and Mark Guggenheim on the line, and, uh, and he's like, "Oh, Bill, Bill's great." I mean, I don't really know him that well, but he was he taught a class at WGA, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome." He's like, "Yeah, you know, he's he's one of the the hardest working guys out there, really cool guy, and he did something that a lot of uh, writers weren't really doing, which is they were stating uh, they always build up what to do, what not to do, but they are he's, you talked about your faults as a writer. Yeah, and I how, talked about how I screw up. I screw up all the time. 
Right. Well, I mean, I think that's a nice. I think it's a very not that you screw up. I'm talking about in terms of that you embrace it and say, listen, because uh, his thing was, and he he made that part of his thing too, which is don't make other people suffer for my problems as a writer. Because um, apparently he said sometimes, or you told him in the class that sometimes you're late with scripts. Yeah, I'm a procrastinator. I do everything at the last second. Right, and, and he, I don't want I don't want to make other people bleed. You know, everybody's got lives, everybody's got families, everybody's got their own ambitions and tough. Right. You can have any process you want as a singular artist, but the weird thing about when you become a showrunner is you can find yourself in a situation where grown men and children who don't make as much money as you and have kids and families they wish they were with are sitting around in a office until 10.30 while you're doing nothing, you know, waiting for you to finish stuff, and that's just, that's not okay. Right. So I, that's what I'm saying. I find that very – so I don't know – Everyone has nothing but nice things to say about you in terms of, and also again, you, you do sort of uh, foster people uh, and helping them out a little bit, and uh, at least uh, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a cocky uh, pain in the ass too. I'm sure oh, yeah. there's, you know, um, there's a, a, a I was dealing with it recently, and there's a giant pool of people that find uh, uh, that I'll have to talk to you, Nick, if you if you want to do a different show that find me intolerable. <laughs> okay. yeah, you could just well, do. I mean, it's a very different type of podcast, but you could do uh, <laughs> a people that find Bill Lawrence to be an arrogant, overhyped tool. Well, you know, know what? And, I, will, uh, uh, I could definitely get a solid turnout for it. I will. I, you know what? I will totally do that. But I, I will. I will try that. You know, that'll be on the agenda for because we seem to have you on the show, which I'm not complaining about. I actually I enjoy having you on the show a lot. Uh, we, next, that'll be next year's episode. We will have. Oh, cool. I'm in it. I'll right. <laughs> round some up, and uh, you, you guys can let me surprise confront them. It'll be fun. Yeah, you know what? That would be fucking great. Uh, that would be <laughs> no, really. That would be fucking awesome. Uh, surprise! You all hate Bill Lawrence. Well, he's here to confront you. Yeah. All right. You all suck. Anyway, no, uh, the sad part is some. You know, uh, um, I think. I certainly don't want to sound, uh, you know, when you, we all call ourselves artists or something, but I think that there's something to everybody has their process, and everybody's process is not going to be perfect for everybody else. So, you know, you can't get around the fact that uh, uh, when you do this, hope, hopefully, you know, because you stay true to what you want to do, you ruffle some feathers and stuff along the way. Well, I, well, I, at least on my perspective, you know, uh, you we got you on the show back in 08, and it's just because I visited the Scrubs message boards, and... Uh, and I was just doing it because you do that on Twitter to people and, and whatever, and no one ever responds. You know what I mean? And but you were very kind and emailed back. And so I, I, I just think that you know, uh, and this is where at least my version of the pep talk comes in is that uh, you take people uh, under your wing. Like I don't, I'm not a professional reviewer or whatever. Um, like you, you fought really hard on Twitter to try to get a showing here in Columbus because I missed the one in Lexington. And uh, you know what I mean? You don't have to do that. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say. You don't have to do these viewing parties, but you do. Uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I look, you're being very nice. Well, and, uh, I'm going to try to be sincere because I'm not great at it, but, uh, yeah. I hope that it, it reads, which is, uh, uh, and it's not being nice. I am, uh, truly, uh, forever grateful that I get to do this and that some people actually, you know, care so much that they would, uh, watch the shows, if not write about them, you know, if not go on a board and, and, uh, talk about them. Um, to be cavalier about that is one of the signs <clears throat> that it's time for you to get out of the business. And the fact that, you know, somebody might still tweet me, hey, I was watching the rerun of the finale of Scrubs and I got choked up. Um, I don't sit back and go, man, I'm pretty cool. It just <laughs> honestly, uh, 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 I'm very grateful that anybody would give a shit. And so, 
you know, I, I, I think um, as a huge TV fan myself uh, and film fan and, you know, theater fan and musical theater fan there, I embarrassed myself. Um, no, you're uh, all, we're all anytime, friends here. <laughs> anybody that, you know, I've really admired has responded to me. I've been, you know, it just kept me invested so much. And I felt like they got it, you know, that, that I, that I cared and that, that I was grateful for their work. So I just want to reciprocate, you know, it's certainly not, um, um, well, I think it's everybody's obligation. And I think that you probably respond a lot to the people that really, uh, continually do that, you know, and they're sincere about it. You know, I see Damon Lindelof still all over Twitter, and oh, yeah. you know, I, I, I just think he's a, a, a another example. And I think Dan Harmon, in his own way, is an example. Harmon, yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, I, I was just saying that. I mean, you, again, you, you seem genuinely bummed, and so my version of the pep talk is, just, well, just don't. I know you don't, because again, as you said, it would be cavalier to. But I mean, I'm just saying, if you do get a little down, just don't, don't, don't forget about that. I know you probably don't, but you know, just pop that, pop that uh, card out and just go. You know what? You I know don't. I just think that one of the things that's fun on Twitter is, look, we all have shitty moods, you know. Oh yeah. And uh, I think that what, one of the things that people uh, shy away from on Twitter is, is you saying, "Wow, it's hard to get out of bed today." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like today is just kicking my ass, you know, and. Uh, right. I just feel like it's fun to do it. So what the heck? Well, no, yeah. So, but uh, again, and that was also a thank you to me. Uh, and well, it, it's not also just the pep talk. Um, but wait, did you get the the wine? Okay, I was yeah. By out. the way, the power move, man. No, I too, uh, too nice. Anybody that sends booze. <laughs> well, I felt bad. I actually got you something else for your birthday, but I'm gonna save it for next year. And I got Kevin something too. Um, cause we keep, we, Kevin keeps saying he's going to come on the show. I, I just, I just, it, it was a mail mix up and I said, you know what? Just have it ready for next year. Nick, we also, you should get Kevin on there and talk about, uh, there's no bigger movie nerd in the face of the planet. I know, uh, right? I, that's why I want to get him on the show. Matter of fact, I'm hoping if I can, we can pull it off. Um, maybe you could help me with that. Cause, uh, sometimes I don't think he sees my Twitters, which is fine. Um, I will book him on your show uh, you right go. now. When do you want him? Uh, he still uh, technically works for me, no, even though he kind of works with me. Uh, probably we can record it early and then have it ready for the finale when Cougar Town airs, or a week before Cougar right, Town cool. airs. Yeah, definitely. Um, because I, I, I would love to get, because he's a giant, he used to work for Ain't It Cool News, which... Uh, yeah, man, uh, uh, well, we just did one of those screen parties in Austin, and Harry Knowles was the uh, moderator, and... Uh, was uh, taking all kinds of credit for starting Kevin on the road to Hollywood superstar. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I so yeah, I'd love to have Kevin on. And uh, but no, sincerely, I, that was a, a thank you, just because again, you, uh, everyone in the Cougar Town gang, but especially you, you've been very kind, and that's why I sort of brought that up because I'm intrigued about what made you want to help other people, like you know, n- not just even within, because I'm not officially in the system. You know what I mean? No, no, it's a good question. But look, look, the. Um Everybody's cliched stories about Hollywood and what they imagine are, um, you know, there's lots of pretentious producers that are doing drugs and smoking cigarettes on the end of long metal sticks. Action! And the truth is, every successful person out here that you've come into contact with, Nick, or that you like, generally had to be helped into the business. Oh, totally. Based on the benevolence of someone else that saw them and believed in them and encouraged them and wanted to help them. Well, I know? think the difference that's, is that people just don't hear about it, though. I guess that's my You don't hear about it. Right? You hear the bad stories, right. but you don't hear you know, all the stories of you know, the manager that took a shot on somebody or the, uh, you know, or the uh, producer that saw some kid was funny and gave him his first job. And, and because of that, I had a lot of those great experiences 
and because of that, um, uh, you know, I almost feel obligated to. Uh, um, this is my favorite movie, by the way. Pay it forward. It's not my favorite movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh god, that's, 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 that's really the reason it was done for me. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, I was just intrigued by that because I, I went to broadcasting school, and one of the things that they uh, they did TV and radio, and one of the things that it it, it crushed my soul was because uh, you know. It's nice for TV because they show you how to work the camera, how the general subs, which I wanted to be a, a director initially. So it was really nice. They did all that, and I got that fixed. But then I saw television-wise, because I, I had fun operating the camera, they were like, yeah, you're just going to report nothing but bad stuff because no one, we don't want to tell people about anything good happening out there. And that, it, that crushed my soul a lot just because I was like, why not talk about something good happening? Why not? And so, again, uh, the media in general does this where they take a bad story and they run with it. They don't talk about anything good. Um, or, you know what I mean? So yeah, there, every person out there that's working, uh, I just find it interesting though, because you are, people are very vocal about you helping them and you're very vocal about trying to help other people. So I think that's why I'm, I, I'm very intrigued by that. Cause again, you just don't, you don't fucking hear about it. And it's really aggravating because, you know, you know, it, and it's nice though too. So, uh, well, it's a, it's nice to you, man. I mean, uh, the one thing I can say that's cool, at least about my so-called friends out here is that, um, I'm not you know, by any means, the only one doing that. I know, yeah. And in in fact, uh, you know, uh, most of my buddies out here uh, that are in the business uh, uh, are all um, <clears throat> of that ilk, you know, and are all doing their best to help out talented, nice people that are, you know, that need the break. Definitely. Well, I, I did. That was my pep talk, practically. Um, I needed it. Yeah. Well, I, I hope. You, well, I, well, sincerely, I hope you did, man. Because again, you've done uh, the, the ending of the Scrubs finale. I think it, that's. I know that was your point of, of, of the joy of working in the business and make, creating something for not just yourself but for everybody. But I hope. Yeah, I, I think that was my thing, and I didn't hope I get a little Oprah on your ass there. I didn't mean to. No, it was good, by the way. I, you know, it, but you know, when I get dragged to sincere, it always makes me a little nervous. But I'm in. Oh yeah, I can I can feel the tepidness in the air. Uh, yeah, my hand shakes a little bit. It's yeah. okay. I'll get through it. Well, don't worry. Under your seat, there's some keys to a brand new car. I'm kidding. And I, there's not, <laughs> that'd be a power move. That, that, we get a car, and you get a car. Yeah, we all get a car. Yeah. Well, that would be great. That would be actually, I would enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I I just thought that was interesting. And again. You've had such a great year, Warner Bros. TV. Um, now, I guess this is another question, being that you do like to help, because this this was leading into this, too. Uh, okay. One last serious question, which is when you do a writer's room, and you do, uh, uh, at least in my, in my opinion, because uh, the guy, uh, I forgot his name already, the guy who did Remington Steel. Uh, oh, yeah, Steve Canal. Yeah, Canal. He had dyslexia real bad, and uh, I found out, I had it a few years ago, how do you work with do people in your writer's room, that, or have you experienced people like that? How do you work around them, with them, to do stuff uh, like You that? know what, it's just, uh, by the way, it, it, you know, to me, uh, I will um, work with and uh, um, um, uh, do anything with anybody if they're talented. The only time I've ever been around is uh, Donald Faison, <laughs> you know, which made it hard for him to uh, sometimes... You know, when I was uh, uh, writing scenes on the fly, it made it a little harder for him to learn things on the fly. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's really um, hard. Uh, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, man, there's a, uh, those stories to me are always the greatest success stories because uh, anybody that's got the uh, the backbone to get through the type of stuff that might make other people roll over and be wimps about it, ultimately they're the ones that you want to be working with, you know? Definitely. And so that's my that's been my experience so far. Okay, I'm going to bust out a few more questions. We've got all the serious stuff, the real sincere stuff. we got that all out of the way. Uh, there we go. That way we can not be tepid anymore. Uh, Scrubs musical, ever going to happen, like Broadway? 
Hey, Randall. They want to know if the Scrubs musical is ever going to happen on Broadway. <laughs> Randall's saying absolutely. We got the rights. Randall's <laughs> taking meetings all the time, and he's trying. And he's trying. It was. Uh, he's trying to put it together. Fucking. Um, a. We, I think it would be a gas for that to happen, man. It's uh It's hard to think about it if you see the Book of Mormon because that show is so damn good, and I'm so jealous. And uh, now, any uh, comedy writer that sees it immediately thinks they couldn't do anything like that. Um, but uh, we'd love to take a shot at it. The guy from Avenue Q, Deb Foreman, the people who pretty much wrote the musical with you guys, are, you, are they all coming back to help out with it? or, or are you? Yeah, well, uh, uh, Randall's trying to put this thing together in any way, shape, and form he can, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure that we'd probably try to use some of their songs, if not use, uh, uh, use him again as well. Fucking A, dude. And will it be due in London uh, and then go out to the States, or will it all, or again, that's you not know, going It's still so far so off. So far off. Okay, you, okay. You, I'm going to have Randall tell you, what, what do you want it to be, Randall? you want it to be <laughs> London and then go to the U.S.? Randall likes the idea. He thinks he would be very handsome in London. Right, Weston <laughs> sounds like an awesome. You know what? I, if, if, if when Scrubs Musical hits out, I will actually go to New York to see that because I hey, really want to see. Power move. I'm going to hold you to that if we can ever pull it off. I, I, I will. I'm not kidding because I love Book of Mormon. I love Book of Mormon, and I, when I got the soundtrack, I, I didn't see any clips for. It. I just heard the music. I gave it to John, and John was like, "This is the most offensive songs I've ever heard." And then all of a sudden, he he took it home, and the next week, he's like, the "Best fucking musical ever, man!" And he just kept playing it. <laughs> and then we got Nathan DJ Meat, same thing. It's same yeah. things are happening, and, and everyone who listens to the music, it's it's just you know uh, amazing. Those uh, guys crushed it, man. They did, and so that's why I was like, man, Scrubs needs a they, they, the musical. They need their shot up there now. So uh, that's awesome. I, I'm I, I will totally go to see that in Broadway because uh, there's not there's not a better town for Broadway, obviously, because it's Broadway, uh, <laughs> New York. I just realized as I said that stupidest thing I've ever said. Uh, no, that's not true. I'm, I I'm, I'm a wooden spoon. It's pretty stupid. Um, so let me see what else uh, we got. Scrubs musical, um, bum, 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 bum. oh, like father. What can you tell us about like father? Because you said that is picked up at Fox. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, we're trying to cast it right now. Um, I, uh, I love it. It's real personal for me. Uh, it's really about a dad and a son that are so close in age that they're almost contemporaries. Oh. Um, and it's because uh, I'm 43, and my dad's only 64. You know, so I was, I, you know, I was born when he was 21. He might have been 20, about to turn 21. Um, uh, and so it was always kind of cloudy when I was, you know, like 18, 19. You know, my dad was only 39, you know, and it just felt like we were kind of in the same world of, of being beer-drinking idiots and stuff. And uh, uh, But I think people really like it, you know. Uh, um, it's single-camera comedy and uh, um, hopefully, you know, has kind of that mix of comedy and pathos that I like doing. Uh, do they? Uh, you might not. You probably don't know because again, it's very early off. Uh, is it probably going to be on the Tuesday night Fox comedy block, like after raising? Uh, I, I got no idea, man. I, you know, to me, I hope it just. I hope they pick it up because you know how it works is. Oh. You know, Fox buys fifty scripted pilots, and of those fifty, they decide to make ten, and of those ten, they put on six. And, oh, I thought you know, it. And, uh, I'm yeah, sorry. So hopefully, it'll be one of the ones that's on. But uh, yeah, if it, if it was, I'd love it to be on. So that it, night. it got picked up to be made into a pilot, but it's not officially picked up to air officially. Yeah, that just means okay, right. This gotcha. we're right now at the stage that it's uh, um, they decide which scripts they're going to actually pony up the money. Right, you know, gotcha. the couple million dollars for you to make, and they're making that one. And then um, in May uh, at the upfronts, you know, which is you know when they sell advertising time is when they announce their schedules and what shows made it. 
Well, sometimes the terminology, they're very close when you, when you talk about pilots and greenlining one or whatever. So that's why I got a little confused there. Uh, pilot- well, it's all the same words. Pick up, pick up. It's right now that your pilot get picked up and then your show get picked up. Yeah. So and I think that's why there was confusion on my end. But, okay, so that's awesome. Well, good luck with, with Like Father. I'm, I'm very pumped. I think it would, it's going to be a great fit for Fox. Also, uh, some of you might have missed out on the three-hour Cougar Town uh, marathon that went out. We promoted it heavily on Twitter on our end for you, Bill, and uh, and anywhere else we could. But uh, if you happen to miss that, I think, yeah, I think, well, let's go ahead and just say you can go ahead and get the DVD. Go out right now to your store, buy Cougar Town Season 2, available on DVD, not on Blu-ray yet. Uh, ABC doesn't do their shows on Blu-ray all that yet for some Are you saying ABC is cheap, Nick? Because I'm not saying that. No, I'm I'm not saying that you're saying that at all. I would never say that they're a cheap network, even if there's a lot of evidence to support that. I would not say it. No, I would never say that you're saying that, Bill. I would clearly say that (laughs) I am saying that with 100% (laughs) accuracy. I mean, you've got a lot of evidence. There's a lot of – you can look almost anywhere to see if they're cheap. Yeah, yeah. um, the evidence is – it's out there. Um, But, yeah, Cougar (laughs) Town, 8.30 p.m. after last – I mean, come on. They should have – this show should have been on forever ago. Come on. Worst, worst titled show ever, but give it a shot. It's not about uh, an older woman hooking up with younger guys, I swear. Exactly. It's about the cul-de-sac crew, drinking some wine, having some fun. 8.30 p.m. after Last Man Standing, Tuesdays on ABC, always being cheap. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> they're, probably gonna, they're probably not going to like that. But uh, who's going to fucking listen to this show anyway uh, from the lawyer side of things, probably? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. Uh yeah. But yeah, yeah, so Cougar Town, Cougar Town, Cougar Town, watch the goddamn show. And again, DVR, do what I do. Turn the channel onto ABC. Let it run. There you go. Then watch it on DVR. Everyone's happy. Uh, anything else you want to plug, by the way, good sir? No, man. I just say it was fun talking to you. It's always a blast to talk to somebody that likes TV as much as I do. No, yeah. It, and it, if, uh, if my one cause that I put out there, anybody that runs into someone that says that they don't watch television, uh, they do. Tell them that they do and tell them to stop lying about it. I because fucking hate that. Everybody watches TV, and the people that say they don't are just snooty people that think they should be proud of it. It's very weird. I thank you. You know what? That is a fucking great thing to end on because at piss, I used to have a friend that used to say it to me all the time. It's like I would be talking about some show I like because they asked me, and then they go, "Well, I don't watch a lot of TV." I don't watch TV. Well, guess what? Yeah, you do. You do watch TV. You liar. And there's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's not a crack habit. It's not heroin. And you're not smart just because you read a newspaper once in a while. Here we go. Fucking A, ladies and gentlemen. Bill Lawrence, uh, again, Cougar Town. I'm not going to quit saying this. Uh, 8.30 p.m. after Last Man Standing Tuesdays. Check it out. Thanks, Bill, for being on the show. No problem, Nick. And I'll look for you on Twitter, okay? And yeah. you can look for all our cast and everybody, and uh, I'll, I'll have Kevin give you an email and uh, hook you up. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, sir. It's great talking to you as always, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Have a good one. Bye.